Welcome to Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. Tonight I have with me Leslie Lee. Hey, Leslie, what's going on? Hey, Tracy, how are you? I am good. I am doing well, a little tired. Um, Good weekend, you know, lots of fun stuff, moving around. Got my ocean time in, but I'm ready. Yeah, I'm jealous about that. I'm never going to be happy when you tell me that you're at the ocean and I'm not. I know, I know. But it wasn't it wasn't hot. Let's just let me put that out there. It no, wasn't no, no, no. I know that. No, I know it's not hot. It's just the idea that you have easy access to get to the ocean whenever you want to. Yeah, you know what amazes me that some people don't. You know, I, I've come across Floridian after Floridian after Floridian. It's like, ooh, I don't do the beach. I'm not sure. I mean, people flock here. They spend spend thousands of dollars to be here for a week, and we live here, so. I take advantage. I definitely do. That's good. So what's going on? Not too much. Not too much. Um, I kind of wanted to backtrack over what we talked about last week of um, Black Panther. You know, I don't think I gave it its due props last week, Mm -hmm. and I I need to um, retract any statement that I made of denial or negative opinions because, Mm -hmm. you you know, I talk to several people. You know, I have a circle that I love, that we talk, we understand. And one of my sisters in the circle is Akilah Badu. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she said, she listened to my, my point of view and she said, oh, nice, nice. You want unity, but here you are, you know, taking, talking a little negativity about the movie. Why would you do that? Mm -hmm. And that had to make me rethink my thought process. If I want unity, then I need to support. And so with that said, I am in full support. I understand, you know, it's wonderful to see my people on the big screen saving the world ahead of technology, thinkers, intelligent. Well, you know, it's interesting that you're backtracking because I did want to bring up a point from last week's conversation because you had made mention of the fact that you thought the fact that women were the warriors was intentional and it was to let men know or to keep men in a certain place. And I'm going to go back to the age-old game of chess. Uh Who had the most moves? The queen. Who was she protecting? The king. The king. The queen can move anywhere she needed to on that board to protect to the protect king. To protect her king. Right. Right. That's how, this is how it goes down. Black right. women as a whole, we've been playing that role in so many different instances. A lot of cases, the king in most of our lives are either our husbands or our children or significant others or whatever. So we've always been running defense and making sure that everybody's good because that's our role. We, right. We've been doing it anyway. You, you you do it for your children. I do it for mine. I do. I'm going to do whatever I, do. I have I to do to make do. sure that they're good. I'm not going to leave my kids out, my kids, in a bad predicament, just like you right. would. I'm not going to leave my no. kings in a bad predicament. The queen always runs defense. The queen wins the game. Not the king. He can only move from, like, he can only take a few moves. He can only move, you know, like, I love, few, I love I the analogy. Chess. I love the chess yeah, analogy. I'm not a chess player. My ex-husband was a chess player. 
um, a few f- close friends of mine who are chess players. So I love the analogy, and, and it hits home. It made me um, rethink a few things, you know. It, it, it does. It makes you think. And, and I think being able to come back to the table and say, hey, you know, perhaps I didn't think this through and I wasn't mm-hmm. thinking on all levels. You know, I guess I am so used to, and this is not an excuse, but I think this is the only thing that makes sense. I'm so used to there being something subliminal, you know, weaved into everything that's fed to us that I was looking too hard instead of taking it for face value. You're right. The queen protects the king. Point taken. And I'm glad you brought that back. I am mm-hmm. so glad you brought that back because... And you're entitled to how you think about that movie. Just because it's an all-black cast and just because um, everybody has an opinion, you're entitled to yours. So if you still have, if you're still on the fence or if there's still some things that you're not clear about or you just didn't appreciate, that's okay. You are entitled. I, yeah, I I'm still, I'm still not in love. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to say I'm in love, and, and, and I think that my not in love is probably more to do with not being this Marvel fan. But there are some things that still rub me the wrong way, but by no means should I take from it. You know, I should commend um, the actors, the producer, because they did a fantastic job, and by no means do I want to take from that. You know, I, right. I still believe they did a fantastic job. Do I agree with everything that went on? Do I have the same view as the masses? No, I don't. But I can't take mm-hmm. from the movie that it wasn't done well, you know? Because it, it was. Right. It was done well. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I still got to go see it again. I'm going to see it again. Oh, you haven't you haven't seen it again? You haven't seen it the second time yet? Mm-mm. No, I haven't seen it yet. I've been too busy. Yeah, life life is busy. Life is busy. So this mm-hmm. week, you know, we talk about love on all levels all the time, over and over and over again. And I don't think mm-hmm. you can ever get enough talk about love or enough mm-hmm. talk about certain aspects of love, whether it's sex or any other aspects of love. I just think um, it never ends, you know. So this mm-hmm. week, I kind of want to go back to a topic that we've talked about before, marriage, where, okay. uh, and you and your, you and Terry, um, she's not with us this week, but you and Terry had had your husbands on, and that was one of the most popular shows that we had, because I think people had an opportunity to listen to what um, men have to say about marriage, and I think mm-hmm. that's important to hear um, more talk about marriage, which, so when you listen to the, to the, to the, to the news and to the statistics, Marriage is not winning. You know, marriage is 50-50. You might make it, you might not make it. And somehow in my heart of hearts, I think um, when you look at separation between people and groups of people, I think if we had more marriages that lasted and stayed together longer, that Mm -hmm. might change a little bit. So um, I was reading this book this week, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was pretty good, you know. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up in a second. I'm a little slow here tonight. It's, okay, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not well. I'm a little That's tired. Okay. But yeah. It's called um, "Best My Best Marriage Advice: How to Thrive in Your Marriage." 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't really sign on to advice books. I really don't feel like um, anybody who doesn't know me is able to give me an exact how-to, especially when everybody's marriage is going to be different. You know, mm-hmm. I never, I never kind of signed on to how to do this or how to do that. I just kind of listened to people and kind of made my judgments based on what was good or bad for me. But um, this book was was divine. It was absolutely divine. I read it. I read it quickly, and so I invited the author um, to be with us tonight. So let okay. me just give you a little bit about her. Um, I don't know if she wants to be introduced as um, what's on her book or anyway, I'm just going to move on. So she writes that she is a Christian wife, a mother of four, three of which were college grads, sister is a tech consultant who loves life, fashion, shoes, running, inspiring others, uh, an anomaly. Uh, She likes to have fun but is very clear on who she is and whose she is, which is interesting. Um, She can be the life of the party or very quiet. Usually she has a lot to say. Um, She keeps a blog, and it's a Mm -hmm. means of her expressing some of those thoughts. So um, I'm going to just introduce her as Nilees. Nilsey. 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 Thank you, Nilsey. How are you? It's kind of Nilsey. weird for me to call you that. Nilsey, Nilsey. is her is is the author of Nilsey is uh, my pen name. It's it's, okay. it's my pen name. Okay. Yeah. Hi Nilsey. Yeah. You know me, but it's not this is not my real name, so it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Hi. So uh, we have to we have to do Nilsey, right? Well, uh, no, you can actually no. Um, this is Andrew, but I blog under the name Nilsey, and I blog over at LifeNotesEncouragement.com. Um, any reason for that? I'm just curious, and just in case we have any writers listening, because sometimes people don't know what to do, how to write, who to be when they write. So when I that? initially started writing, I didn't want to use my real name. I always mm-hmm. wanted to write under a pseudonym. Um, and so when I started writing, I was blogging, and at the time, blogging, um, blogging hadn't taken off yet, and mm-hmm. um, I saw a lot of poor examples of people blogging under their real names and having serious real life consequences. And I said I did not, I did not want that. So I just, I had always dreamed that if I had a pen name, it would be this name. Which, if you know me, you can figure out what this name is. Nilsey. Yeah, yeah. But. <laughs> And so Nilsey became my, you know, my 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 blog identity, my name. Um, mm-hmm. And then now, as time goes on, it's I have to stick with it because it's I like it. I mean, <laughs> I like the name. Yeah, so yeah I write yeah. under this name. Yeah. Okay. Like it. It's cute. So I I was telling Leslie. I'm sorry, Leslie. What did you say? I th- I think it's cute. I like Nilsey. Yeah. So I was telling Leslie about this book. You know, we talked about marriage before, and we had Leslie and Terry um, on, and their husbands were on, and they kind of gave their 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 input on marriage because Terry's been married for 28 years, and Leslie, you're 30 years? Yes. Be 31 and Andrew, how many years? 31 this year. How many years for you, Andrew? Tw- 29 and 21 days. Well, wow, 29 and 21 days. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> In 21 days, it will be 29 years. 29. On the same yes. day as my birthday. All right. So it, it's nice to have seasoned people here um, talking about marriage. I think marriage is something that we need to talk about more often. When you look at the statistics, I was telling Leslie, 50% of them fail. So somebody's not getting the right information. So what, what made you write my best marriage advice, how to thrive in your marriage? What, how did that come to be? So um, there are two things. First of all, um, you know, last year my oldest daughter got married, Janelle. Mm-hmm. But leading up to that point, um, we are we are very close. And leading up to that point, we were talking a lot about marriage and what it's all about and the good, the bad, the ugly, and just everything. And as she was as she was planning wedding because I blog it was like an opportunity to like share some thoughts around marriage also and I started to write a lot of I had written stuff before in the past sporadically but now it was concentrated because it was a life event major life event you know right, for right. her and for me mm-hmm. and so I was writing a lot of stuff about marriage and people just loved it and a, a fellow blogger said um this is really good. You should write an ebook. And I said, write an ebook, really? I'm gonna write an ebook. And so your book was born. And that's, <laughs> and that's pretty much how it started. Because honestly, if she hadn't given me that nudge to just take it to the next level, I would have just kept mm-hmm. it on the blog and you know hope people read it and you know share and do stuff like that. But she said, no, this is. This is good. You should write a. You should make this into an ebook. And so, I had initially this. The title came from an initial post that I wrote, and it was actually called "My Best Marriage Advice." And it must have been right. around. Must have been around the time when um, Janelle was getting pretty close to every. You know, the time, the knot, and I was just thinking of all, like all of my twenty-eight years, and you know, a lot of times people tell you stuff, and a lot of things. Just, or unfounded or, you know, a lot of it is knowing who you are and what makes sense and so forth and so on. And I just kind of like dumped it on the page and just, you know, put it out there. Um, and that's mm-hmm. how it, that's, that's how it started. Once she, once I felt like I had permission to write the book, basically, I just went back over um, a lot of posts, any of the posts that I had written that had a marriage theme, I, those I just grabbed first. So they're not in the book like, how they were on the blog. Those were no, just of course. Like you just started. pulled from them. They were just like a starting point. And, and for like about three months, I wrote like every day. I had to organize it into, you know, what do I want to say, chapters and so forth and so on. Keeping in mind that it's an ebook, that it would be a short, sweet, to the point, and filling. Like it's not empty fluff. It's, it's, it, it, it's like if you, everything you wanted to know about marriage, you could find in this concentrated format. Um, and th- that was my whole focus and touch on everything that everyone, you know, that we know is involved in marriage and get it into into this book. And so I wrote for like a month and then I was like, okay, now I got to figure out how to get this published. And that took a bit longer. So, Well, publishing it is, is, is a story in and of itself. But going back yeah. to your book. So, you know, I read the book and I read it from cover to cover. And I wanted to ask you, do you did you write this book specifically for um, – Christian women or do you and men or do you think this book will reach 
anyone, no matter where you are on the religious uh, scale. From so, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't write it specifically for Christian men and women. But there's a point in the book where I do say, I do hope that you are a Christian because a lot more of this, because a lot of, because if you are dealing with some of the the trials and tribulations in a marriage make it relatively more manageable. Um, but I, 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 I'm a Christian. That's how I live my life. I know that everyone I interact with and everyone who reads my blog isn't a Christian. And that comes across, but I want it to be so appealing to you, you would want to become a Christian also. But anyway, okay. <laughs> yes. If, if that makes any sense, so it does. It does. So in in chapter one, you know, I have a few piece, pieces highlighted, and I just want to kind of um, ask you a few questions about this. In cap chapter one, um, which is titled "Starting Right with the Same Spiritual Foundation," um, spiritual is different for everybody. You're not everybody doesn't have the same meaning for spiritual, right? But right. spiritual right. is still spiritual. So I'm. You're, it says your spiritual foundation affects your values your character, your beliefs, and your life decision. None of these things can be taken lightly, and if you're not in sync on the most basic tenets, you will have a hard road in front of you. So that, I thought, was pretty profound. You know, that, that talks about um, people being in the same place. So, so is that what you meant when you wrote that? See, and that's why it's a, yes, yes, because I said to myself, um, yes, ideal and perfection is if you're both Christians and and being and within a Christian and, and as and both being Christians have a similar understanding as to what that means and how it affects our lives. Because there's a whole other conversation about you know everybody calling themselves a Christian but they all live differently. So I was I wasn't. Mm-hmm. That's not the direction I'm going in. But then I also thought about I have great friends that are Muslim and I have great friends that are of different faiths and the thing. And they have great marriages or they don't have great marriages. But the thing, a lot of times when people, when things fall apart, it's because fundamentally speaking, they were never on the same page with these these um, foundational principles. And a lot of times we get our foundational principles from, from our religion, from our beliefs. Um, right. So, so you know, um, if you get your foundational principles from your Christian faith, from your faith, then I think it's essential, it's necessary that you both have similar values. Um, okay. If you, get your, if you get your foundational principles from something else, whatever that is, the two of you need to have, need to be in alignment. They need to be in, in alignment. You need to be in alignment. Yes, you do. And I, and I like the analogy that you used. I hope I'm not giving away too much. You know, in with that alignment, you have to imagine yourselves as a couple and you're in a three-legged race through the duration of your marriage. And if at any point, you know, you're not in sync in that three-legged race, you don't move. You don't get anywhere. Nothing happens. You don't move forward. So I, I think that was pretty interesting. Well, let me ask the, the Yeah, I wanted to go ahead. Okay. I, first of all, Nosey, I just want to congratulate you on your, your book. 
And Thank I you. think I'm so proud of anybody that can sit down long enough to write two sentences and make it make sense. <laughs> I'm very proud of you, and I'm very proud of Tracy. And um, I'll be perfectly honest, I will be getting the book. I haven't had an opportunity oh, to get it. Tracy told me about it um, <laughs> last week, and I'm working on something else right now, so I'm really preoccupied, but I will be getting the book. But I have a question okay. in terms of the advice that you gave to your daughter because you you made mention of the fact that if your principles are not aligned or just a basic foundation, whether it's spiritual, whether it's some whatever it is that these two people bring to the table if it's not aligned. When you realize that, and in some cases, and in most cases, usually after the marriage, how do you either refocus, get somebody to realize that we need to work on this? Because it's so easy to look at somebody else. It's just like, and I, and I can't quote, the actual scripture, but it's that same premise of I can get that speck of sawdust out of your eye while I'm standing here with this big plank in my eye. So it's so easy to identify somebody else's fault, but when you're in a marriage, you can't always do that because of the fact that you'll never get anywhere because some point you do have to, I don't know if it's compromise. I don't know if it's settled. So what did you advise your daughter or any new person in a relationship when you do find out that things are a little out of balance? That is a great question. And that's probably a topic for another book. But (laughs) let me say it like this. (laughs) Because I appreciate the question. That's why it's so important to, to do some of this introspection and inspection before you tie the knot, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, having tied the knot, having tied the knot, and you recognize that um, there are degrees to this thing, right? Now, having tied the knot, and you realize now your, found, your, your, your foundational principles are totally, I mean, okay, let's say they're totally, he has one worldview and you have a totally different one. Now what do you mm-hmm. do? Because there's other things where it's like you just don't, I mean, uh, uh, on a more trivial scale, he, 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 he might think that, you know, women should always do this and men should do that. that I, 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 I say that I, I, I call that trivial, not because it's trivial, but on the grand scheme of things, um, I think it could be, it can be worked out. Okay? But um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think at that point it's like, you know, you can't, you, you go in, first you said, what have I done? You know you can't change another person. You know you have to right. work with, you have to deal with yourself. You have to assess how bad is this? Is this awful? Is this, is this, is this going to make me miserable? Is this, mm-hmm. you know, you have to assess all of that. And then you, what I've learned over a long time is that change comes when you work on yourself, not trying to change other people. So if there's something that you can do to in, in, in the situation where it's like, you know, okay, wow, I, you know, of course you got to talk. And of course, you talking is essential, but, you know, I didn't realize this, but now we're here. What are we going to do? You know, like that sort of thing. And maybe the person mm-hmm. is stubborn and adamant, or maybe they're open and they're willing to listen, or maybe they're somewhere in the middle. But first, at least address it. 
and then, you know, try and figure out what you're going to do. And, and maybe it's, it's never this easy, but, you know, sometimes the other person needs, really it is on the other person, but you still have to be there because now you feel like you're, you're miserable. So you have to figure out, like, what, what are you going to do? What can, what, what, what can you do to make this, to make this mm-hmm. work? To me, it's not, I mean, and, and that's why, that's why, you know, there's that caution there to, to work all of this, to try to work out these foundational things before before you tie the knot. And and beliefs and values and how you approach life and all of that stuff, that's that's essential, that's important. You should you should get that sense before you marry a person. You should know if a person, you know, um you know, like we don't cheat on each other or it's important to serve God. Children are important. Um um there is a right and there is a wrong. Um I'll never hit you or slap you. I mean Love is important. You should know. You should get all of that and have that sense of understanding. And there's more, obviously, before you tie the knot with a person, because those are those are things that you wouldn't want to be in a life relationship with someone who just feels that they can treat you like dirt, for example. That's, that's and not no knowing <laughs> not knowing these things um, before you tie the knot is a clear indication that you shouldn't tie the knot because it you typically yeah. doesn't work afterwards because you're not like you had said you know you can't change anyone you can only change right. yourself so right. um, what about back to what leslie asked you in, mm-hmm. but there's, go ahead what was the question back to what leslie asked you what advice did you give your daughter like specifically what did you tell her how did you how did she figure out that the one that she's marrying is is the one you know is this something is there, okay. is there a process that you do to this I don't know. The figuring I mean, it out. The figuring out part for us, because because my husband and I, we are, um, we take our faith very seriously. And the, one of the first things after she met the young man, the first question we ask is like, you know, is he a Christian? And she said, yes, he's a Christian. Okay. Then it was like, um, well. What does that mean for him? Like, does he go to church? How does he live? What kind of person is he? So she had to go back and think about these things and, like, you know, assess that with him, where he was in his in his in his walk. Um, right, right. And the more okay. and, and the more and the more that they talked about it, I mean, and she and 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 I know at one point they were able to like. I don't want to say there was, she was able to like go to the Bible and say why she believes what she believes. And he was willing to look in and see and say, okay, like that makes sense. Yes, this makes sense to me also. Yes, I'm going in that direction. Cause one of the things that also triggered this was like, um, I think it's important that you both are Christian, but you don't have to both be at the same stage in your walk. You just have to have a willingness, a willingness to want mm-hmm. to know more mm-hmm. or want to grow in your Christian walk, but you don't have to be, you know, if I was super spiritual and he and he was not, we can't get together. When I got married, girl, my husband's name, I mean, I would consider him like, you know, a pillow. He was like a spiritual pillow. I, pillar. I was not. I didn't consider myself that person. But yet there mm-hmm. was a, something very connected about our basic Christian values that, that aligned, that was perfect for each of us. Okay. And, and so when right. so, so 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 the thing is you, you know like you asked me that and it was like that same question got me thinking and I was like it has to be it, I'm glad he's a Christian and I'm glad he's a believer but what does that really what does that really mean how do you how do you 
how do you how do you work that out? How do you, how how does that look in your your life? Are you just are you saying one thing and you doing something else? You know, are you are are you pretending that you love going to church and you really can't stand it? And after you get married, you're never going to go to church again. Thankfully, that's not right, the case. Right. You know, all of these all mm-hmm. of these things because it, because it comes down again to like core values. So, are you telling me the truth or not? <laughs> you know, are you honest? Right. You know, all right, of these right, right. It, it it all it all kind of lines up. Well, you know, so as, as like I read, Terry said, go ahead, Terry said um, of, on a few episodes that when people are dating and getting closer to any kind of commitment, they're still sending their representatives on a date. And so it takes a lot to poke through all of that fluff to get to the yeah, real Yeah, and, and you have to poke. You you have to have to poke. You have to do what um what I've been reading here is is you have to communicate and and you have to talk. You have to figure out what it is that you like, what it is that I like and where are we on the scale and can we join this together and are we moving in the same direction? But sometimes, well, you know, you, what? Really you have to be you have to be vulnerable and you have to be confident. You have to be so the two seem like they're um in contradiction with each other, but they yeah. have to, but i I get it you have to know you have to know yourself and know if I'm doing this, this is what I expect, but yet you have to be willing to open up yourself and say you're not you, you, if we're gonna do this then I, then you know talk to me about this or let me get to know a little you know. You know, I need to know more about about you, sort of thing. So mm-hmm. You have to be confident yet vulnerable, and it's like this. You know, you don't have to have you don't have to be all have all this bravado and this is what I want and that's it and this is a deal breaker and we're done. <laughs> right, know, right, right, right. <laughs> but you, <laughs> but but you have to be know what you have to have a sense of who you are and a sense of self worth and. This is important, and this is Lord. This is the direction I want to go in, and um, I'm kind of trust. I'm trusting you. I, I'm hoping that this right. is the right person. But you know, give this me eyes right to person. see. Give me eyes to see. Give me wisdom to know what questions to ask. Give me wisdom to know what ex- what what things we should be doing or not doing. Um, you, you know, if he says this, is this what it really means? Should I dig a little further? Should I go deeper? And give me a peace after all of that to know that hey, this is this is the right this is the right person for me. Right. So so that comes through communication. And, and you wrote mm-hmm. about communicating. And I know Terry and Leslie and I, when we talk about communication, we usually focus on the, the language aspect of communication. I mean, every once in a while, it's the touch aspect of communication. But you've outlined different ways in which um, you communicate. Your mouth, your eyes, your ears. Um, speaking, your hands, your feet, your heart. So essentially, you're saying that you have to communicate with every fiber. So when I think about my feet, I'm like, well, how on earth do I communicate with my feet? So where where does that come from? Walk away. No. (laughs) Okay. You all know that marriage, the person who's close to you can get under your skin, right? They can get under your skin sometimes. And I am not always the best communicator, and sometimes um but 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 I don't believe in 
I don't believe in ignoring stuff, but there is a time to just kind of like let things marinate and then come back and continuing whatever it is that's the issue at hand. That's one example. You can also communicate. So, with so let's be clear. You're not, you're not really saying walk away. You're saying take a time out and use your take feet to move out. to another uh-huh. side of the room until a better time presents itself. Or, or Leslie, yes, that's, that's one example. Or you can just communicate with your feet by just, by just, by just, I'm thinking sometimes, you know, this is not in the negative, not to take a breather, but do something different. Just, just perhaps um, walk or go and, you know, <laughs> you know, um, maybe go to the right. store and buy something and come back because this is going to enhance or, or communication or change the atmosphere or whatever. So really it's, can I isolate it only to my feet? Probably not because it's every part of my being, but just the whole point was um, me and Garth talk even when we are angry because we, that's just what happens, but we just get it out so we can get past it. We know in the moment, even if we're angry that we don't, hate each other, we're angry at what is, what has what's made us angry, on. what's going right. on. But we don't want Leslie, to I heard, stay angry. I heard you mm-hmm. chiming in before, Leslie. Were you going to say something? I'm sorry. No, I was thinking when it comes to your feet, sometimes your feet means stand your ground, too, because it's not always giving in to somebody. Sometimes you got to use your feet to stand your ground and let them know or let her know that, you know, based on this conversation... I'm going to stand my ground. Or based on this situation, I'll be standing my ground. I think it depends on what the situation is, but I often yeah. think to myself, you can be, at the risk of being right, you can be right all by yourself, or we can figure this out so we can both be right together. Because right. there's no point I mean, in you feeling like you're right and I'm wrong and never the twain shall meet. And someone's walking around with a chip on their shoulder and someone's walking around feeling like I'm always right and she doesn't know what she's talking about. So, you know, um, even if you have to stand your ground, you've got to find a way to, like, access and say, this is what I mean, but I hear what you're saying or I see your point of view because it's not just... You're never in this thing alone where it's just you standing your ground and you're right and, every, and it doesn't matter what, any, what, what the other person says or does. Mm-hmm. This is my question. I have a question in terms of like, okay, so now we're married and there's things that I've always enjoyed all my life that for me is not a problem, but for somebody else might be a deal breaker. It might get under their skin. It might just annoy them to no end. And I'll give you an example. Like me, I'm a little messy. doesn't bother me. But my husband, that's a big problem. It's a huge problem. It has caused major arguments between us. Like somebody else may like to do something recreational, it's not a problem for them, but for somebody else, it's a huge problem. It's those things that we bring into the relationship that we're going to continue to do because that's who we are and that's what we like and that's what we enjoy. 
how much of that do you have to compromise on or sacrifice or totally give up on or just don't give up and continue to do and it's going to always present a problem? All right. So to me, before, you know, we are who we are, but I think there's some basic things we, there should be like some mutual respect on both sides. So, um, and if that's, if that's there, even though you bring stuff to the table that I don't like, part of who you, it's part of who you are. Like, let's talk mm-hmm. about the messy stuff, for example. Let's talk about the messy stuff. I think to a degree I'm neat, but I don't think this was a strong skill set with my husband. <laughs> there's a funny, there's a funny story in the family. Let me uh, let's just give you an example. There's a funny story in the family that when it, his house got broken into when they were like, he was like between 15 and 20, and when the people who broke into the house saw his room, it was so messy. They thought they had already ransacked it, and they they just closed the door and kept moving. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to. Okay, okay, that's that's the story. So we mm-hmm. get mar- we get married now. We under, we both understand the the point of neatness, but it is your natural tendency to like not not be neat. And then and then you you, you know you're married. You're comfortable. You love each other. It doesn't matter. Dishes, whatever you know. So I know that you try, but you're never going to meet my standards because this is not you. <laughs> And I know, and 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 if I'm having a bad day, I can I can really become really miserable about this. But then I have to say to myself because I'm the one that really, it's not that you're not trying. I I you're just never going to meet my standards. So I have to say to myself, okay, you know they're they're bigger fish to fry. This part of the house is neat. We're neat. I don't care if you're sloppy back here, and so we're 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 good because I see that you're I see that you're trying. It doesn't make sense to me to go on all my the rest of my days and we just always have this silly argument over who's messy and who's neat. Man, it neither doesn't bring any of us joy. At the, you know, at the end at the end of it. So I see it, and and I'm just for me, I see what that you're making an effort. And I can adjust my expectations, and I can be okay with it. Um, I don't feel like I'm losing anything, and I'm like, okay, we're 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 okay with that. So to me, I mean, Janelle has told me the same thing now that she's now that she's married. You know, uh, Nick, Nick, um, sometimes he'd like to play video games, but they talk about everything. I mean, they talk about everything. So she's like, even though I don't like it. He has his time to play video games and it doesn't bother me and I'll do something else that's for me and then we come back together and I'm like, Wow, where'd she get that from? But that's so that's I'm so proud of them that she's not letting But, but that's like, the kind of that's the kind of stuff that it takes. That's the kind of compromise that it takes to realize that he's allowed to like video games and I'm allowed not to like video games. So if we can just find a happy medium somewhere where you're doing your video games and I'm doing something else, instead of me standing over you screaming and yelling, turn that off, why are you playing? I mean, yeah. we can make this a little bit more um, simple and, and keep yeah. the love where it needs to be, which, which, is, which is what needs to happen. Now, I know what happens here. If you feel like you're the one always adjusting, then you might feel like, you know, you're not making any, you know, why 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 is it always on me to make to make a change? Again, number one, basic respect. Number two, you gotta talk it out. 
And number three, it might not be as you as it appears to you because there's other areas where he's making that change for you also, but you don't you don't see it. You don't you don't see it. But when you start talking about it, you realize, oh yeah, I I can do this stuff because you're making some adjustments for me, for me also. Right, right. So so it it goes it goes both ways. I I I I find like you know because we're women. We feel like always we're getting the short end of the stick. Like sometimes we expect the worst or we do stuff to ourselves that's like self-defeating. And all right. and, 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 and all the men aren't feeling like, hey, I can just lord things over you when I'm getting away with this stuff. And so some of this stuff is in our head. But if we talk it out and talk with the partner that we're with, it's not as bad. And we can see that he's making effort for the good for both of us also. So both of you have right. a stake in this thing. It's not just one person having a stake in this thing. You know, if, when the house is messy, it represents both of you. So you're like, people are coming right, over, right, okay, right. now you really got to, this has to go away. But any other time, I'm cool with it. And he's like, okay, you really like to do this stuff? Okay, go, go, go. Go have fun with your girls. It doesn't bother me because, you know, I like when you're happy. Happy wife, happy life, happy husband, happy life. No, seriously, when everybody's happy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, works, it works both ways. It works thing. both ways. Yeah. Right. So as as I continued on in my journey through your book, um, you know, I did see um, your Christian persuasion throughout the book, and which I found interesting when we get to um, another chapter that talks more about um, sex. One, Christians would have people believe that, you know, sex is only for um, procreation. You know, and I found it refreshing that you dove into all the different ways that sex should be in a relationship. The ups, the downs, the in-betweens, the turns arounds, and all of that. So, so that was, that was a What kind of sex when you're married? You have good sex, you have bad sex. You have no sex, you have lots of sex. I mean, I mean you're living with this one person and you get to do it. All now, honestly, for me, I, I here's the thing that that informed that chapter. I got tired of reading about um, Christian blog sites, and they're they come from this place of negativity when it comes to sex, which is yes, yes, sex is bad, um, and like girls don't have, and like females don't have sexuality before they get married, and they weren't, you know. They didn't have feelings in their bodies and all of that stuff. And right, for right, me right. personally, for me personally, I never had that mindset. I grew up in the Bahamas. I mean, we wore shorts. We we had we went to the beach. We did all of this stuff. But I was not afraid that if a, if a boy touched me, I was going to get pregnant. Like that. Right, was, right, right. I, 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 I knew. I, I knew that at some point you know, husband and wife coming together was a good thing. So I didn't have, I didn't carry all of that baggage, that negative baggage with me into marriage around sex. As a matter of fact, I was looking forward to it. I had no complaints. <laughs> I loved my honeymoon. My honeymoon was great. <laughs> <laughs> we had no TV. My honeymoon was great. I, I, right. I mean, you know, and, and it was, I, I, I had no, no negative things coming into to no negative thoughts coming into marriage about like about about sex. So right. I'm like I'm like I wish there was 
And to me, in churches, they make it so awkward when they talk about sex in the pulpit. It's like I don't even want to be here. They make it. So they awkward. do, and and that's what that was. That's what was refreshing here. You know, it, it's not a bad thing. It's it's something that you know God intended. He wanted you to have sex, and you should have sex. And then when you're in a marriage for a very long time, there will be some sexless days. There will be days where sex is quick, where sex is quiet, where sex is is what I, I like, your old people sex and, and, and your daily living sex. There's just all different kinds of sex that's going to enter Tracy, what's into old your marriage. Sex? What's old well, people sex? Well, you're going to have to ask. Oh, yes. what, old people sex. What, what did you write? Tell me. Tell her what you wrote, why I'm saying old let me people tell you sex. What I, let me tell you what I wrote. I said, you're just old people sex. You're just glad after all these years that you're still there and have the hearts for each other. There's no pressure. And... um. There is no pressure and, wait, hold on, it's here. And you'll take what you can get because you've both done a lot of living and you can be loud again. And that you can be loud again is like so many years you had quiet sex because the kids were here or this, that, and the other, but now there's nobody at home and you can do whatever you want. But Oh, I it, like that. That's cute, right? Different. That is very it, cute. <laughs> it still may look different. It won't be like how you were when you were on your honeymoon because, God, Lord, we're 70 now. I mean, it's never... <laughs> Right. It's not right. going to be the same as when you were in your twenties. But you're just so glad that you're you you you're still there and you have each and you have each other. And so whatever it is, whether you just lay there and hug each other and look at each other or you do more, whatever it is, it's good because you're together. Exactly. exactly. I like exactly. that. And, and and I love that, Leslie. I, I I had such a big smile when I read that. That's that's what it's about, you know, being able to get through and have longevity in, in that relationship. And each time you do have sex, it's intimate, and it brings you closer to the person who you're having sex with. You, you, there's a connection that you feel in that. And I think it if does. that is, yeah. is in your marriage, whether it's a quickie, whether it's a longie, whether you haven't had it in two weeks, when you do have it and it brings you closer together, that's the key, you know. So you yep. can never say sex is bad, you know. You, you you can't just say it's not bad. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not bad. Sex is not a bad thing at all. <laughs> it's, it's just not. It, it's not. It's one of the benefits of marriage, um, you know. So I know well, everybody doesn't feel that way, but... True. A lot of people don't, which I don't get, but it was refreshing to not hear it in how it's heard from the pulpit, you know, where it's it's bad, it's this, and don't do it, and you'll get a disease and all that kind of stuff. It was refreshing to hear all the different kinds of, of things. Now, um, you also talked about doing nice things, which I thought was, was cute, but people don't realize... Um, <laughs> what it was like. I'm going to read another part that you wrote in here. It says, um, it took me a while to master doing nice things, but in order to be kind on a regular basis, I had to stop thinking about myself. I had to stop feeling like I was the victim or that I was the hero in my marriage. In your, in your motive, if your motive is wrong, it won't feel good to do nice things. If you think, oh, how I wish he would or she would do something thoughtful for me, your time frame of doing nice things will be quite short, on top of which you'll only get frustrated. So the antidote to that was to be kind every day. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. To be kind for the big and the small, and to mm-hmm. be kind in your communication, 
and to be kind in your forgiving and again just to do nice things every day then it becomes more mm-hmm. like a habit you know so so the i'm only going to get you flowers on valentine's day or i'm only going to do this on this day and because you know the, that's what the world says i should do it, it's not enough to sustain a marriage you have to be kind daily mm-hmm. that's what i got mm-hmm. from that is that is that what you intended i wrote that from real world experience so yes <laughs> Because so, so, so you weren't nice. It was hard for you to be nice. Yes, because there. I mean, if you know me, I could be a little bit rough around the edges. <laughs> Aren't we all on some level? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm honest about myself. I, you know, I know my flaws, and sometimes I wasn't always thinking about what can I do to make your life easier because I'm thinking you're not doing anything to make my life easier. So I'm not thinking about you. And I was convicted that that was number one, only making me more miserable. It was Uh contrary to what the scripture says, which is be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving forgiving one another. And I'm like, I got to work on the tenderhearted part because um, I, I just am not, I, I just am not doing what I should be doing. And I just started to, to be more thoughtful. Um, and then we recently had a health scare, and I was like, I don't know why it takes a health scare to get us back on track. But I'm like, um, like, you know, what do you want to eat? Do you want a cup of tea? Did you do this? Did you check this and whatever? Just being more mindful. I have stopped. I have stopped doing it because I just was like, he's good. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> but and I realized, no, you know what? I should it 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 does it does not hurt me to do this. And if I can't do it, why not why not do it? And I reach some sort and of then it, it, it also makes it also makes your partner feel like, Well, yes, yeah, she does love me or he does love yeah. me. They're thinking about me. They're concerned the about, about me and my my well being. And the other thing that happens is then they remember, they're like, she does all this stuff for me, and I, I want to do something for her. I mean, that's not the reason you do it, but because you've been doing this stuff, it's like, it's, it's, it makes a difference. It's noticeable. You're not right. doing it for the rewards, but you get a reward. <laughs> and the first reward you get is that you thought it was going to be burdensome and hard to do this, and it's not so hard because your motive, your heart is different. You're not doing it because you want points. You're just doing it because you really, you really want to. You really want to, and it feels good. And when you're happy and you're not miserable, it's it's a blessing to you and to the person that you're that you're living with. It just has like this this domino effect on on. Um, I'm like, I was convicted a lot of the times when I'm writing. I'm not writing. I'm not just writing for you. I'm writing to me. I'm writing because I've learned it. I'm writing because I need to hear it. So um, this and you get has that. been my experience. Reading this book, you get that. You get that, you know, like on many on many pages I got that a light bulb went off for you. And, and it came across that way in the book that, you know, maybe I can turn this light bulb on for other people that are going through what I've gone through and this will help them. So, you know, I get that. Now, my favorite, favorite part of the book is are the golden <laughs> nuggets. That is my favorite chapter. 
And to be honest, it brought a tear to my eye reading one of um, the Golden Nuggets. And I think um, this is something that is is needed, you know, and it, it talks about submission. Yeah. You have to submit to one another wholeheartedly. And I, I believe that, you know, and people think that he has submission, and the first thing they think about is weakness, you know, and they think yeah. that, you know, yeah. the man is, 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 you submit to your husband, and then he gets to tell you everything to do, and you must run around behind him in, in doing everything he does. But it's not that kind of submission that you talk about, is it? No, no, because I think, again, in the Christian world, women have been fed a bag of lies. They've been taught that submission means that you are a doormat. You don't bring anything to the table except your body. Um, And you're supposed to do all of this stuff to please him. And and then you're doing that stuff and you're not happy. What you're like, how how is that? So that's not submission. And then I also don't think it's any easier for the men if they get the message that you're supposed to be in charge or be the boss of her because you are not, you're not her parents. You're supposed to be partners together in this thing. And they're trying to live in a model that doesn't work for them either, which is why, you know, there's so many problems also. Um, but, you know, the, the, the submission is, is, is integral. It's mutual. And then at the end of the day, I like I I use the analogy of like a ballroom dance because in a ballroom dance, someone takes the lead and someone has to follow. Usually, it's the man taking the lead and the woman follows. But you're doing mm-hmm. it because it's for the good of the team. It's not because he's the boss and he's in charge, <laughs> and I just have to follow him. If we don't do this together, we don't look good. We, it 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 doesn't look like 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 poetry in motion unless we both are working along with each other. Um, because again, you have so many things in common. Um, I like the way my pastor said it last Sunday. You have so many things in common. That's why you got married. So that when sometimes when there's actually something, a decision to be made and no, and, and neither of you are, you're at an impasse, for example, then you can defer to the, to the man and you can say, okay, whatever you, we've talked about this, so we don't know what to do, but whatever decision you make, since we've talked about it, I'm going to go along with it because right, right. this is, this, because we're in sync. We're in sync. We're, we're not like two separate people in two separate worlds and we don't know what the other person is thinking. For the most part, we are we are in sync. Tough decision. Okay, we've talked about this and this and the other. You think we should do it? Okay, but you, you get to, you, you're the lead. You represent us. We're going to go along with what you say. But, um, but I think people need to understand, and it's not about like your role, you know, like, this is this is what it looks like as a woman to submit, and this is what it looks like as a man to submit. This is happening all the time. This is happening. Right, right. This is happening all the time on a day to day basis. And then the thing is, um, when I think about submission, you know, love drives submission. Knowledge drives submission. It's not just this random, this random thing where it's like a power trip, because that's what people think submission is. You lose your power and you have all the power. That's not submission right, at all. Right, right. Well, you wrote, you wrote, if submission is lived out properly, you'll feel like this wife who said, show me a man who lays down his life 
for his wife. And I'll show you a wife who has no problem with submission. That's big. That's big. Because if he's doing what he's supposed to do, you you would you will if someone is willing to do to 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 sub, to, to do everything for you in the name of submission, you have no problem going along with what they're what they're what they're yeah. doing. I, I, I just think we, we we put that submission negativity in there. Like you lose power and, and you're really submitting to each other. You know, that, that's yep. what it's really about. You're submitting to submission is, for, is to each other. It's not where the woman is the only one that's submitting and she's, you know, got to bow right. down to her husband. It's not like that. That's, that's not but what none of like. this none of this works if you have different, different foundational values. None of this works because if he's coming from a place where I believe submission is this power trip and you're coming from a place where that is not true and you all got together, you're in for a rough road. <laughs> you're in for a right, rough road, and right. you, you, now, you now have to figure out how to work with what you have. Hey, hey, Leslie. Yes, I'm here. Les, with I'm your, here. Thir- uh-huh, with your thirty, almost thirty-one years of marriage, um, mm-hmm. do you and your husband apply some of these things that we've we've talked about tonight? We do all of it. That's why we're still together yeah. for thirty-one years. We, yeah, we you do it all, together. right? And I, you know, and, we, and, and I'm praying that we have much more to go, because right. we we still we're still learning each other after 30 years. It doesn't happen. Well, well you grow and years. you evolve. You're, it's a constant thing, so I understand. It mm-hmm. is. The thing is, the person I was 29 years ago, I'm a totally different person. And sometimes we look at each other and we say, "You've changed." Like I don't. Sometimes it's like as a joke, like who are you? But sometimes it's like you know, you, you when you really like the change, it's like you've changed for the better. You know, we like right, the way right. We, you're moving, you're we growing. Like the way right. we, we've changed. Not all changes are good changes, by the way. But still, I mean, <laughs> we like the way we've changed because we, we're here together. And we see what we we look back and see where we came from. We see what we see what has come out of our union. We see the children. We see all the other things that came with it, and we're like, wow, we. We did that. We, 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 right. That's a lot of work. We, we, we did that. We, we did that. You know, the commitment, I think commitment and longevity is like another way for saying love. It really is. Because to be committed to someone for a lifetime is a big deal. It's a huge deal. It is a big but deal. You, it, I, I, you you have it, no idea. I have so much respect for, for my friends like you and Leslie and Terry who have been married for 30 plus years or working on 30 years, you know, I struggle <laughs> to, uh, to, to find someone that's going to make, you know, me want to go that, that length. So for you guys, I, I'm just so elated. I'm so happy for you. It just warms my heart because I can see the love. I can feel the love. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And this has been great. This has been great talking about your book, mm-hmm. talking about marriage. Thank you. And knowing that I have people in my life. You know, when you hear so much negativity about marriage, and I look at the people that I'm surrounded by, my circle of friends, you know, mm-hmm. each one of my friends have been in marriages for over 25 years. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know it works, and I know that each of you have gone through your ups and your downs and your changes and your turns around, but if you're committed and you've submitted to each other and to the relationship, it works. You hold on and it you works. go through. 
You know? And that was the other reason I wanted to write this, because I am so tired of, even within the church, the negativity around around marriage, around um, around men, around relationship. And I was like, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. That has not been my experience. Um, I hear what you're saying, but I don't see it that way. And I just want, if I can do a little bit just to shift the thinking around marriage, right, I just right. want to put it down on paper and let people see that there is, you can ha- you can you can be married for the long haul, and you can be happy doing so, and you can be better for it. Um, it's what God ordained, and um, He didn't make a mistake when He said we should do this thing. So, you know, I I wanted to do that. So, I'm good. I'm kind of glad I also I like that. that you you realize in in your writing and in giving your advice that it's different for each couple. So this is not a book that says you must do it this way. It's a book that says these are the things that I've learned. This is what I've gotten out of these these things that I've learned. And maybe if I share it with you, you'll get something out of it that you can apply to your relationship and you can learn to stay focused, to stay in it and, and go for the long haul. So I want to thank you for that. I want to thank, thank you, you so for, for putting this together and sharing it. So tell us how we can get your book, the name of your book, and, and who's the book by. Give us your summation. Okay. Um, so the book is called My Best Marriage Advice, How to Thrive in Your Marriage. And if you go to www.mybestmarriageadvice.com, you will see um, information on the book, and there's a link there that takes you to the Amazon site so that you can purchase the book. It's an e-book, which means that you can read it on any e-reader, read it on your computer. Um, maybe at some point I will actually have a hard copy um, that I print out, but right now it's just it, 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 it's an e-book. Um, and it's, it's there, it's available. I would love for everyone to purchase it, read it, and review it. And, and what is your name? Oh, and this is Nilsi. This is Nilsi. Nilsi who? for having me. Nilsi Isak. This is all a pen name. Nilsi Isak. That's the author on the book. Yes. Okay. Well, Nilsi Isak, it was a pleasure. You're welcome. You know, I'll have you again sometime, I'm sure. There are many more books to come, so I'm looking forward to them. Um, Leslie, you have any closing words? I have the best joke ever. Do we have time to read it? Of course we do. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> A man died and went to heaven. As he stood in front of St. Peter at the pearly gates, he saw a huge wall of clocks behind him. He asked, what are those clocks? St. Peter answered, those are lie clocks. Everyone on earth has a lie clock. Every time you lie, the hands on your clock will move. Oh, said the man, whose clock is this? That's Mother Teresa's. The hands have never moved, indicating that she never told a lie. Incredible, said the man. That's Abraham Lincoln's clock. The hand has moved twice, telling us that Abe told only two lies in his entire life. Where's Trump's clock? His clock is in Jesus' office. He's using it as a ceiling fan. (laughs) 
I just thought I had to say that. I was reading it. I thought it was funny. <laughs> you are very silly. You are very silly. Oh, well, ladies, thank you very much. Those of you that are listening, marriage is real. It's worth it. Stick with it. Stay the long course. Don't give up. Get this book, My Best Marriage Advice, How to Thrive in Your Marriage. This is Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. Thank you for listening. Good night. Good night. Thank you.